Hi, y'all. This is Carrie D. from Coffee with Carrie. Welcome to Season 2 of Coffee with Carrie podcast. It's such a privilege to do this adventure we call homeschooling with you. Thank you for tuning in again and walking this homeschooling journey with us. If you're new to us, you can find us on Instagram at Coffee with Carrie Consultant or at our website, coffeewithcarrie.org. So stick around, pour yourself a cup of coffee, put your feet up, and take a little coffee break with me. I think you'll be encouraged. Hi, y'all. I'm super excited about this week's topic on creative writing. It's been percolating in my brain for a long, long, long time. In my little neck of Southern California, I've been blessed with a fabulous homeschool community that allows me the privilege of using some of my crazy writing ideas with their kiddos each week in my different writing classes. You see, my own kids have been my guinea pigs, and then what works well with them or is fun to do, I then try it out in my writing classes. I had so much I wanted to share with you on creative writing that I decided to break up this podcast into two parts. This week, I'm going to share with you how to get your child's creative juices flowing and share with you the idea of incorporating daily writing activities through the use of different kinds of journal writing, story starters, writing prompts, list making, idioms and hyperboles, and different games. In next week's podcast, I'm going to share tons of other writing exercises that will help spark your child's imagination using things like photographs and pictures, food, objects around the house, picture books, poetry, puns, places you visited, topics you're studying, and well-known fairy tales and fables. I'm also going to give a few hints next week on what to do for those kids who are just too young to physically write kids who have poor fine motor skills, or those students who have dysgraphia. In season one of Coffee with Carrie podcast, I did a how to teach series where I shared simple, easy, and inexpensive ways to teach subjects like math, history, science, art, geography, and writing. In the podcast, Writing Lessons, You Can Do It, I shared six ways you can teach writing using whatever formal writing curriculum that you're already using. Well, one of the strategies I mentioned in the Coffee with Carrie podcast on writing was the importance of writing every day. Now, it doesn't have to be fancy, and it doesn't have to be a formal essay or report. The main idea is to write something fun and meaningful every day. One of the best ways to encourage daily writing is to include journal writing or writing notebooks into your weekly lessons. Or, like we did, We incorporated our daily journal writing into our morning basket time. Now, don't worry if you have a child who hates to write or who hates the physical act of writing. Stay with me in the podcast and listen anyway. And then next week, like I said, I'll share a few tips on how to ease some of the physical weariness that comes with writing for those students. I said this in my previous Coffee with Carrie podcast, Writing Lessons, You Can Do It that you really don't need a formal writing program with grammar workbooks and spelling worksheets really until later in middle school. Everything a child needs to learn about writing, punctuation, grammar, and spelling can really be learned and practiced by reading great books and by writing something, actually anything, every day. My own kids didn't really have a formal writing program until like sixth or seventh grade, Then in upper middle school, and then of course high school, we then focused on writing formal expository, narrative, and argumentative essays. 
Now keep in mind, even when your tweens or teens start writing those formal reports and essays, keep doing journal writing and the things I mention in this podcast with them anyway. If they love to write, or they're natural storytellers, then they will need these creative outlets to offset all the formal, informative essays that they're going to be writing in high school. It's a break for their brain. If they hate to write, or writing formal essays is extremely difficult or challenging for your teen, then giving them an outlet each day to write just for fun without any pressure may keep them from loathing writing altogether. In this week's podcast, I want to share with you some super easy, simple, and inexpensive ways that you can encourage creative writing each day. As usual, all the resources I mentioned in this podcast will be listed with links at my website, coffeewithcarry.org. Also, I've been posting several of the ideas mentioned in this podcast and next week's episode at my Instagram account, coffeewithcarryconsultant. Hopefully, you've been reading them and saving those posts for future references. When you hit a a writing teacher's block, meaning you are running out of creative writing ideas and story starters to use with your kids, then you can quickly find some of these creative writing exercises and ideas at my Instagram account. Like I said, one of the best ways to get those creative writing juices flowing is to write in a journal or a writing notebook every day, or at least as often as possible. And this is a perfect time of the year to start journal writing if it hasn't been part of your daily or weekly routine so far this year. Because you know it's spring. The weather is calling us outside. Our kids usually check out right about now. And it's like pulling teeth to get them to do their quote-unquote usual schoolwork each day. They are usually ready for a change this time of the year. And we usually are too. So this is a good time of the year to put your formal writing, grammar, and spelling program aside, or maybe even completely away for the year, and spend the last few months of school doing some really fun creative writing instead. If that idea scares you too much, then at least add some of these journal writing ideas to your morning basket time. Now first, go to Target, Office Depot, or your local bookstore, and let your child pick out a new journal or writing notebook. I find if it has lined paper, it's better, but the idea is to let them get a new journal or a new notebook that they love or that fits their personality. And make sure you get one too. Then, whenever you do one or some of the activities mentioned in this podcast, make sure you do it too with your family. I used to give a story starter or a writing prompt to the kids, and we would all write in our own journals for about 10-15 minutes. The best part of writing together about the same topic was sharing our stories or ideas with each other when we were finished. I also found that the words and ideas that I used in my stories usually ended up in my son or my daughter's writing a few days later. When our kids hear something they like, you know, like most great authors, they borrow it, use it, and usually make it even better in their own writing. Now, when my kids got older, I often encouraged them to also write in their journals independently. They would use them as a prayer journal or as a diary or as a place to put their reflections while reading the Bible. My daughter sometimes used her journal to keep her to-do list, or she used it as her nature journal. My son often used his writer's notebook as a place to write his goals out, and then as a place to record which goals he met, when, and how. 
Again, it doesn't really matter how they use their writing journals or notebooks. The idea is to get them to write daily, to write with you as a family, and then if possible when they're older, to write on their own independently. Now remember, writing is supposed to be fun (laughs) and as a way to reflect and as a place to be creative. So try not to make it a chore. Now a word of caution. Don't use a red pen to correct every punctuation, grammar, and spelling mistake you see in their writing journal. Of course, you're going to read their stories and their compositions after your child shares his or her story out loud, but you don't want to slash it all up. As you read their entries, just make a mental note of which punctuation rules he keeps forgetting, which words your daughter always misspells, or what grammar rules need to be taught or reviewed. Then just pick one or two mistakes to go over that day with your child, but don't overload him. He will quickly figure out that the writing exercises will be judged. Then he'll stop being creative and will start thinking more about his spelling and grammar as he writes. It will certainly impede the creativity and the fun. For example, my daughter always forgot to put a comma between a list of items like apples, bananas, and oranges. So after she wrote something, if I saw that the comma was missing again, I would read the sentence in a way that helped her see how important the comma was. Did she mean she loved apple bananas? Is there even such a thing? Or did she love three different fruits, apples and bananas and oranges? My son would always leave out periods and capitalize random words in the middle of a sentence. So sometimes I would read a story aloud instead of him reading it to me but I would read it exactly the way it was written. I wouldn't stop where I knew there should be a period, and sometimes I would just ramble on and on and sometimes read without taking a breath. He would usually get a little frustrated with me and say, hey, that's not how it goes. But then I'd show him that he had one really long sentence, so that's how I read it. I would ask him where he wanted each thought to stop, and then we would put a period in in each of those places. The trick is to make the corrections no big deal, because it really isn't. It's all a teachable moment, so use it that way. Just don't overdo it and don't abuse it. Okay, so let's get to some of my favorite writing exercises. First of all, not all writing activities have to be creative or formal. They just need to be at least meaningful writing activities. Remember, the key is to write something, actually anything, every day. Your child can write a letter to a friend or to grandma. She can make a birthday card, a thank you card, or a get well card. Your son can write and illustrate a few Bible verses and hang them on the wall. Your daughter can write and respond to emails. And by the way, texting doesn't count. Your son can create this week's grocery list or his daily to-do list. Your daughter can create or copy recipes or write song lyrics. All of this counts and none of it needs to take more than 15 minutes each day. If your child is really into whatever he or she is writing and wants to spend more time doing it, then hey, that's great. But don't feel like they have to write for an hour each day. Another meaningful way to incorporate daily writing is to include writing into their Bible and prayer time. Have each child create a grateful journal where each day they write at least three things that they're thankful for and make sure it's specific to that day. They can keep a prayer journal where they write their prayer requests and heartfelt prayers to God. And then when God answers a prayer, even in a very small way, they can write in their journal how the prayer was answered and put a date next to it. 
You can do this as a family, or they can keep their own prayer journals. And if they're older, they can record what they're learning in a Bible journal as they study God's Word. Now, if your child loves nature or loves being outside, then make sure he or she makes a nature journal. They can draw what they see outside. They can read more about it and add information about it into their nature journal. They can label what they saw and what they drew. It all counts because it's all writing. Okay, now that you and your kiddo see that writing can be meaningful and not a chore, let's get some of their creative juices flowing too. My favorite way to do this is through story starters and writing prompts. I mean, let's face it. Little people haven't lived long enough to write a journal page full of experiences, and they don't have the vocabulary yet to express all their feelings and emotions in a page-long journal entry. Those kinds of writing activities are just too hard for little guys. Sometimes, they just need a little help getting their ideas to percolate. And if you have a child or a teen who already hates to write or who constantly suffers from writer's block, their biggest frustration is usually not the writing part, but the generating of ideas and organizing their thoughts. So by giving your kiddos different ideas to write about each day, you know, some serious, some practical, and some silly, (laughs) it helps them get going and it also gives them ideas for future writing assignments. So some of your writing prompts, they can be as simple as, describe the weather today. It's a perfect day to dot, dot, dot. Invent a candy flavor. The most disgusting sandwich ever would be. Three reasons why dessert is better than dinner. Describe your bedroom. Explain how to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Or you can use questions, get them thinking, and which is better and why prompts, like, Which is better, mountains or the beach? Explain. Chocolate or vanilla? Cats or dogs? Marvel or DC Comics? Or you can just ask simple questions like, what superpower would you like to have and why? What's your favorite color? If you were an animal, what would you be? You can always tailor your writing prompts to your child's interest or to something you're studying in history or in science. For example, Out of all the places we learned about this year, which one would you want to visit and why? If you could time travel, which place would you travel back to? If you were a hummingbird for a day, what would you do and where would you go? Which planet would you visit if you could? Now, another great brainstorming idea is to create lists. And I mean lists of anything and everything. Like, list 20 or more ice cream flavors. 10 or more types of flowers, 15 or so boy names. A great game to get is called Read My List. It's full of cards with random lists, and you can play the game three different ways. After reading a list, you decide what the category was. On some list cards, you need to add to the list. And then there are some cards where it's a prompt for a competition to see who can come up with the most items on a particular list. While making lists, ask your child to use his brain and a thesaurus to list as many synonyms as he can for some of those really overused words. Start with the verbs see and saw. List synonyms that you can use instead, such as stare, glance, peek, and watch. Then for fun, ask him to act out each one. Now do the same for other overused verbs like go, eat, and said. 
make a list of synonyms to use instead of these words, and then have fun acting them out too. Now keep this list handy and remind your child to try and use the synonyms on the list whenever he wants to use those really boring verbs like see, say, eat, and go. Hey, and while you're at it, write up a list of adverbs that end with L-Y. Words like surprisingly, quietly, finally, easily, and cautiously. Pick one to create a list of things you can do this particular way. For example, your child picks from the list of the L-Y words the adverb quickly. She then brainstorms all the things people try to do quickly. Then play a game. Give your child a verb to act out, like to run, dance, eat, or sleep. Then pick another L-Y adverb from the list and tell your child to run this particular way, or dance this particular way, or to eat this particular way. For example, your son might pick the adverb oddly. Then he needs to act out eating oddly, or dancing oddly, or running oddly. This is a great way to introduce and review parts of speech, and a really fun way to add verbs, adjectives, and adverbs to their writing. Now, if you need help coming up with writing ideas, there are tons of writing prompt resources out there in print and online. If you have a boy, then definitely get the book, Wreck This Journal. Not only does it give writing ideas that are outrageous and outdoorsy, but it also gives suggestions of physical things that your son can do to the pages of the journal. It's super fun, especially for messy boys. Now for girls, I love two different ones, fun journal prompts for kids and a question a day journal for kids, 365 days to capture memories and express yourself. But my all-time favorite writing prompt and journal is called 642 Big Things to Write About, Young Writer's Edition. I love writing prompts, but the most giggles happen when you give your kiddos random story starters. Story starters can be a title in which they have to write a story that goes along with the title. Or you can give them the first line of a story and have them finish it. Some simple story starters my kids have loved over the years were, Help! My teacher is an alien. Another fun one was, My dog really did eat my homework. A really fun one, too, was The Giant Who Came to Dinner. And my all-time favorite was The Day It Rained Meatballs. For more story starter ideas, get the book The Storytelling Game by Heather Collins. Now, if you have the game Apples to Apples, you can use a combination of red and green cards to create random and, yes, somewhat silly story titles. These story titles become your story starters. Now, the red cards in apples to apples are nouns, and the green cards are adjectives. So randomly pick one of each color and then put them together to create a story title. For example, Grumpy Grandpa or Smelly Watermelon. Another fun game to use as a way to generate story ideas is the Tall Tale Storytelling Board Game. If you don't have it, you gotta get it. It comes with a bag filled with 20-plus plastic pieces. When it's time to write in your journals, have your children close their eyes and randomly pick eight pieces from the bag. Your child then writes a story or a tall tale, somehow using in his story each piece that he grabbed in the bag. After he writes his story, he then reads it to everyone. For fun and in true tall tale fashion, 
Have another family member retell the same story that your son came up with, but then add more information to it. Just like real tall tales, the more exaggerations, the better. And for more story starter help, get Rory's Story Cubes. Each cube has characters, setting, problems, and random items on them. Have your child roll a few cubes, and whatever shows up on the cubes, she must use as the basis for her story. And then use that Read My List game mentioned earlier as a story starter too. After creating a list of something, then pick five things on the list that must be included in a story, or use the list category card as a title to a story. Now, you'll also have to get the game by Educational Insights called Rhyme Out Game. First, it's a great game to help with rhyming and with reading, but you can also use the cards to create fun stories. Each card will have three things on it that rhyme. For example, part of your ear that gets pierced, something a judge wears, and the model of the earth. All these things rhyme. They are an earlobe, a robe, and a globe. After having fun playing the game, use one of the cards as your story starter. Ask your child to write a story that includes an earlobe, a robe, and a globe. It's a super easy way to generate ideas for stories. Now, another activity is to brainstorm a list of idioms and a list of hyperboles. A few examples of idioms would be, it rained cats and dogs or you let the cat out of the bag, or it's a piece of cake. And a few examples of hyperboles, which are extreme exaggerations, would be, I laughed my head off, or I was in line for a million years. Each week, pick one idiom or one hyperbole to be the title of your story. For example, have your child write a story about what it would really be like if it rained cats and dogs one day. Or if he stood in line at the Apple store for a million years. Talk about what the idiom or the hyperbole really means, but then for fun, illustrate it, and then write what it would be like if the saying was taken literally. Do the same thing with homophones and with commonly misused words. Make a list of homophones like there, there, and there, red and red, C and C. Then each week, Pick one pair of homophones to be a title to a story, such as the bear bear, which that story might be about a bear who lost all of his clothes, or the title I see the sea, which might be a story about a day at the beach. And for fun, make sure you read the book Phantom Tollbooth by Norton Jester. It is full of homophones and idioms like the watchdog character, who's a dog that tells time. And it has a weatherman character, but he doesn't tell you what the weather is like for the day. He tells you whether you should go one way or the other. Show your kiddos a list of words that are commonly misused, like desert and dessert. Then use a pair of commonly misused words as another story starter, such as my favorite desert dessert. Not only is it fun, but it will help your child learn the right way to use and spell each homophone commonly misused words. Then make sure you use some wordless picture books too. Get your hands on some really great wordless picture books like Goodnight Gorilla, Tuesday by Wisner, The Journey by Becker, Good Dog Carl by Alexandra Day, or The Red Book by Lehman. I have a few more suggestions for writing activities that involve wordless picture books at my Coffee with Carrie Instagram page. 
Check it out, and then don't forget to save the post for future references and ideas. Don't reinvent the story starter wheel. If you run out of ideas, try using the online story starter game at scholastic.com. It's a fun, interactive online wheel that spins and randomly picks characters, settings, and problems that your student can use. Now remember, mamas, if you can compose an email, write a thank you card, and prepare a Christmas letter to accompany your Christmas cards, you can teach your child how to write and how to write well. Even if you do not have a creative bone in your body, you can still use some of the writing exercises in this podcast and some of the resources mentioned in this episode to help your child find his or her writing voice. Happy writing! Thank you for hanging out with us and for joining me for this little coffee break. Don't forget to check back next week for part two of Creative Writing. We will continue this conversation as I share tons of other writing exercises you can do with photographs and pictures, food, objects around the house, picture books, poetry, things like that. And I'll also give you a few hints on what to do with those kids who are too young to write, who have poor fine motor skills, or who have dysgraphia. If this is your first time joining us, you can find us at our website, coffeewithcarry.org. We also have daily devotions and homeschooling tips at our Instagram account, Coffee with Carrie Consultant. Don't forget to check out my new book, Just Breathe and Take a Sip of Coffee, Homeschool and Step with God. If you heard something you liked, then share our podcast with a friend who might need a little encouragement this week, or share it with a friend who's struggling to find creative ways to end the year strong. If you haven't already, we would love for you to subscribe to Coffee with Carrie podcast and then take a few minutes to leave a little review. Thank you in advance for listening to us each week and for sharing our podcast, our book, and our homeschool mom ministry with your friends. We're so very honored and grateful. It's our prayer that our website, our homeschooling consulting services, our podcast, and our new book will help you homeschool one step at a time, one day at a time, and one cup of coffee at a time. We're praying for you. Stay healthy. God bless. And see you next time.